So we're going to continue on the third week today on getting wisdom. Again, it's a series from the book of Proverbs. I want to thank you for being here. Those of you that are participating online, make sure you, you have your uh, preparation there to take copious notes like all the students here in the auditorium are doing. And don't try to be multitasking just because you're at home in your cyber sanctuary. So anyway... You're wise, you're going to take a lot of good notes. The book of Proverbs is a great book. It's, a, it's a, just a book that I don't refer to it. Many people refer to it as the book of wisdom. But the unifying theme of Proverbs is, the, is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning or the principal part of knowledge. And throughout this book of uh, wisdom, it teaches us how to order our values. It teaches us... Uh, uh, in our values, which leads us to good godly character. And of course, when we develop good godly character, it leads us to, to wholeness, which leads to satisfaction in life. And isn't that what we're all looking for? We're looking for a sense of satisfaction, a sense of security that God is pleased and that we are, that we are on the right path that he is leading and guiding and providing for us. Wisdom also warns us of the pitfalls along the path of life and wisdom declares the foolishness of not developing the fear of the Lord and of not getting wisdom. So in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 and 7, it says, Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Get understanding. So, Father, I thank you this morning for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the grace of God, the love of God on our lives today. That as we hear your word today, Lord God, May we become wiser as a result of it. May your wisdom be downloaded into our spirits, Father God. And may, may we have that spirit of wisdom that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. He prayed that, that we'd have that spirit of wisdom and, and understanding and, and revelation, Lord God, that your ways would be made known unto us, that we don't continue to go through life leaning on our own understanding, but we come to a place where we are in all of our ways saying yes to you, acknowledging your way as a far higher and better way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today I want to share with you on the subject of getting wisdom. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 3, so I want you to follow along there. It'll be on the screen, or if you prefer your Bible or whatever device you may choose to read along, just encourage you to read it as you hear it and see it. At the same time, it, it, just has, a, it has a lot more stick, stick to itness to it. So in Proverbs chapter 3, very familiar verses, but remember, to be wise, one of the words of wisdom means to pound it in. I know you know these things. I know many of you are familiar with this verse or, or these verses, but you're going to hear them again anyway because we need to continue to hear them over and over and over again. I need to hear the scriptures over and over again as reminders, very basic principles of the word of God that, that, that God loves us. And that he loved us so much that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, that whoever would believe on him would 
not perish, but have the gift of everlasting life. I need to be reminded that God loves me. I need to be reminded that his love has been deposited into my heart by the Holy Spirit. And I need to be reminded that because his love is in my heart by the Holy Spirit, and because I profess to be a Christian, that it's incumbent upon me to, uh, to walk in, in love and to walk in a spirit of forgiveness and not to hold grudges, grudges and not to be resentful and not to be unforgiving. I need constant reminders of that as you do as well. And so it's throughout scripture. And so uh, today the subject is on getting wisdom. So in Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust, everyone say trust. Trust Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Everyone say all. All. We say, what does all mean? Well, I did an extensive background search on that. Then it means all. Not just some of your ways, not some of your easy ways, but all your ways, all your relationship ways, all your stewardship ways, and all your conduct ways, and all your thinking ways, and in all your, your vocabulary ways, and all your ways, acknowledge him. And, and the word acknowledge here, again, sometimes we lose the meaning of, because we often think of acknowledgement like when someone you're, you're at a... You're at you're some, some type of an award ceremony, and there's a big banquet going on, and, and, and then the MC gets up and says, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge uh, so-and-so's over here. Let's give them a big round of applause. And I want to acknowledge this person over here and thank them for their contributions. We have a big round of applause. And then when that's over, we forget about it. But when we're told to acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways, and not just, you know, we just want to acknowledge that, that, that God is present and then yay and then we leave and forget about it but that we acknowledge him in all of our ways 24 7 in everything that we're doing we're saying yes to his way and acknowledging that his way is far superior than my way because my way is leaning on my understanding but when i say not my way not my will but your will be done lord i'm acknowledging your word is a higher authority than my own opinions. I digress, but anyway, it was good preaching. In, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and then the promise is that he will direct your path. So we get right into verse 5 with two imperatives. Number one, imperatives that we're supposed to trust in him, and number two, we're not supposed to be leaning on our own understanding. Verse 6 gives us a wonderful command uh, uh, with a promise. The command is that we are to acknowledge him, and the promise is that he will direct your paths, plural, plural. There's more than one path. You, there can be multiple paths that your life is on, and, and, but he is uh, directing them for you. In Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3, I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version. It reads like this from the Amplified. It says, roll your work upon the Lord, commit and trust Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. And so shall your plans or your path, your plans or your path be established and succeed. To me, that's an awesome command from verse 6, that command with a promise that he's going to direct our path. And if we decide we accept that and we roll our care, our work over on him, commit, trust wholly to him, acknowledge him completely, uh, that he is causing 
my thoughts, and he's causing your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. To me, that's very profound. And we have to take confidence in the authority of Scripture because this is what the Scripture is declaring, that when I acknowledge him, when I roll my work over on him and I commit and trust it wholly to him, that the thoughts that I'm having are actually from God. The thoughts, the ideas that spring up from within, we can take a trust, we can begin to have a trust and a confidence that it's not just me. Is that, was that me or is that God? Has anyone asked that question before? You've asked the question before? Was that me? Is that just me thinking that or is this something that God is speaking? We can, we can grow to a place, and God wants us to come into a place that we are wholly trusting him and that the thoughts that are stirring up within us, that they really are originating with God and choosing the right path is, uh, is something that's going to become much more, we, we become much more confident that we are choosing the right path. And so we need more than just good information. We need more than what's referred to in our culture many times as common sense. We need more than uh, just conventional wisdom, also known as the cultural norms. We need much more than that. We need wisdom. We need academia. We need academic wisdom. We need the scientific information that we have and the medical information that we have and the engineering, uh, ingenuity, everything that we have, they're all beneficial, but not all of that in and of, its, apart, in and of itself is not the wisdom of God. I believe that it's a result of God's wisdom that someone becomes an engineer, that someone becomes a heart surgeon or a brain surgeon or whatever it is. Whatever our vocation is, it's because God is leading us in that path, and that is the wisdom of Almighty God. But uh, we need to be discerning of what is good information, what is conventional wisdom, and what are the cultural norms. We need to, above all that, we need to be acknowledging God in all of our ways. Acknowledging God in all of our ways. So, and so what it requires to really be getting wisdom and acknowledging him is that we must come to a place where we are developing a yielded heart in all our ways. And we say a yielded heart. And we yield to him in all of our ways. If I'm talking to, um, if Nancy and I are talking to our financial counselor, we need to hear what he's saying and we hear what other people in in, in finances are saying. But then above all that, we need to have a yieldedness to what is the Lord saying? How's God speaking? If you're taking any type of counsel, uh, you know, professional counsel, you want to receive that. We don't want to be rejecting it because it may very well be, depending on who your financial advisor is, it very well, it, hopefully it is the wisdom of God that you have a good counselor that's given you the wisdom of God. But just because someone has a title as a financial advisor or a broker doesn't mean that they're walking in the wisdom of God. 
Or because someone's a doctor doesn't mean they're walking in the wisdom of God. So you want, you want to not be anti. We, we, we don't want to be, we don't want to have an intellectual inferiority complex. Many times Christians can fall guilty to that. We have a, you know, we have a, a we become inferior and we revert back to, we compensate that by, by becoming, you know, super spiritual, a spiritual superiority complex. So we want to accept and receive all the information that we can in choosing the right path. We need good information. We need conventional wisdom. We need common sense. But we must, to make all of that beneficial to us, we must develop a yielded, a yielded heart to the ways of God in all of our ways, always a posture of dependency on God. God is the ultimate source. Amen? The ultimate source. And so the, the, the tension between cultural wisdom and secular wisdom, academia, and the wisdom of God, that tension does not need to be there. We don't, it doesn't have to be one or the other. We want to receive all that we have and have God bring the, the best path. He's going to direct our path. He's going to bring it to us. Are you following me? God wants to direct our path. So we always want that uh, have a posture of dependency that we trust God to direct all of our path. And so I've been pondering this and thinking about, well, which path do I want to go on this morning? And I'm thinking about, it's like, all right, I have so many different ways I want to go. So I had to settle in on one. Nancy asked me yesterday, how's it coming? For, how are you doing for tomorrow's message? I said, it's a matter of a, you know, just paring it down because there's so many different paths I think I, I could take and, and, and could teach on and could preach on, but pare it down. And so here's what, I, here's what I landed on. And it's from Ephesians 4.29. So if you bring that verse up on the screen, Ephesians 4.29. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. So we're going to be talking just for a few moments on depending, on always having a posture of dependency, and we are trusting God that he is directing our vocabulary. Directing our vocabulary, because we, when we have God directing our vocabulary, it brings us into a good place for many other things to come into alignment with his word. So we, we want that to be working for us. Also in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 12, we're told that the words of a wise man are gracious. And so on getting wisdom, as, you be, as we become wise, our words are becoming more and more gracious. In speaking about Jesus Christ in the Gospel, Luke chapter 4 and verse 22, this is what was said about him. It said that the, the multitudes marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And so we want to become wise and we want gracious words to be proceeding out of our mouth so that we can have God directing all of our path and, and believing that we are on the right one. So in Ephesians 4.29 here, if you'll go back to that one again, Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. So we have a broad negative, let no corrupt words proceed out of your mouth. But then we also have a comprehensive positive. 
But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearer. Imparting grace to the hearer. In order to be imparting gracious words to the hearer, what this means is it means that, uh, that we are imparting something to another individual, to another person that has no relationship to what they, to what they have earned or deserved. We are speaking gracious words over them just as God has spoken over us. We are to come to a place where we are speaking words of wisdom over other individuals, words of grace. You say, well, they don't earn that or they, didn't, they don't deserve that kind of uh, talk. Well, did you deserve what God has spoken about you, that he so loved you? all the nice things he said about us in the word of God. We didn't deserve it either, but we need to begin to speak words of wisdom and, and words that are gracious over one another, comprehensive, positive, words that are imparting, imparting grace to the hearer. We all need to hear words of grace. And so we be, sow words of grace into other people's lives. The book of wisdom, you know, from Proverbs Chapter 18, verse 21 tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So in getting wisdom, we must understand that there's your words, your vocabulary is powerful. Take inventory of what, we are, of what you are speaking. I need to take inventory of what I am speaking. Am I speaking words of life or speaking words of death? The New Spirit-Filled Life Bible has a footnote with Proverbs 18.21 and refers to, uh, it says, a person's life largely reflects the fruit of his tongue. To speak life is to speak God's perspective on any issue of life. It takes wisdom. It takes the wisdom of God to be speaking God's perspective over every issue of life. So, but we have that wisdom available to us by before we open our mouth, we acknowledge God and say, God, what would you have me say? What would you have me speak concerning this situation? The righteous man studies how to answer. And so that's wisdom when we decide, okay, God, I'm not just going to say what I would, I'm, I'm not just going to repeat the cultural norm. I'm not, going to just, I'm not just going to repeat uh, conventional wisdom. What does the Spirit of the Lord have to say about this situation? How would God have me respond to this? How, what declaration would God have me make concerning this situation that I'm facing? <clears throat> and so to speak life is to speak God's perspective on any and all issues of life. Opposite of that, the negative side of that is to speak death is to declare life's negatives and to declare defeat or to complain constantly. What we want to be aware of is that our words don't just evaporate into the air. To the contrary, our words are fruit that nourish or that nourish us or our words can be poison that destroy. But we have the wisdom of God. We can make those right decisions when we acknowledge him, when we don't lean on our own understanding, but I'm going to lean in on God and say, God, what would you have me to say? How would you have me, how would you have me respond to this situation? So a couple 
uh, verses from the book of Proverbs to, to uh, give you something to anchor this wisdom on and to develop this wisdom in, in, in your life and in your vocabulary. The first one is uh, Proverbs 10, 19. It says, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs 11, 11. I'm going to share this with you from the New Living Translations. It says, upright citizens bless a city and make it prosper, but the talk of the wicked tear it down or tear it apart. Upright citizens bless a city and make it prosper, but the talk of the wicked tears it down. For us as born-again children of God, followers of God, wise men and women to go around on a daily basis repeating everything that media is spewing out there and repeating that to one another and getting one another amped up and angry and frustrated, it's not wise. We don't need to be doing that. What we are called to do is, as, as wise men and women is we are called, as upright citizens, we are called to bless, to speak life, and to make it prosper. The talk of the wicked tears things down. Tears things down. Let's not, be, let's not be tearing things down. Let's not be tearing things apart. Let's be upright. Let's walk in wisdom. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and heart keeps his soul from trouble. Keeps his soul from trouble. There's so many throughout the book of Proverbs. And you just read through it, you'll just find them just repeated throughout the entire book and then throughout the Word of God as well. But it's a, you know, a wise person studies how to answer. 15.1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Do you have Proverbs 16, 23 and 24? Did I give that one to you? Proverbs 16, 23 and 24. The heart of the wise teaches his math and adds learning to his lips. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health. Everyone say health. Health to the bones. How many scriptures have we noticed over the, this is the third week now in this series, but how right attitudes, right words, and getting wisdom, that the, the, the outcome of it is, is a healthy body, healthy bones. Guard your heart. For out of it flow all the issues of life. I mean, it has so much to do with, with our health and our well-being. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27 and 28. This is the last one I'll give you. It says, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bone. A broken spirit dries the bone. That's verse 22. I'm sorry, I gave the wrong verse there. 27 is a good one also. He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Verse 28, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. That doesn't mean you're not supposed to say anything. That just means take a moment 
and acknowledge God and say, God, what would you have me to speak concerning this situation? And not just be repeating everything that's being spoken of as cultural norms and conventional wisdom. You have the wisdom of God and you have a, a resource available to you. You have the mind of Christ and God wants to bring that out of you so that we can be speaking life, not, not just concerning our own individual well-being, but the well-being of our communities, the well-beings of our cities, the well-beings of our nations, that we can, be, we can be a source of stability. We really are here as salt and light. And let's continue to sprinkle the salt, which is a preserver. Begin speaking life. Just refuse to repeat the negative things that the media is talking about. Just refuse to repeat it. Just take them. Just, you'll, you'll say, well, what benefit is that? Well, the scriptures tells that you'll be considered a wise person when you hold your tongue. No one's holding a gun to your head and saying, what do you think about the news report today? Well, I really didn't think about it. But here's what the Lord would say. <laughs> Either they're going to say, tell me more, or they're going to say, well, I'm never going to ask him that again. <laughs> So that should be enough to whet your appetite to draw the wisdom of God when we think about Proverbs 3, to not lean on our own understanding. To lean against something means to be propped up by something else other than God. You're being propped up by something other than God. We don't want to be propped up by anything but the Word of God, but the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, empowering us, leading us, guiding us, and directing us. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you so much. There's so much more that could be said, but I'm going to consider myself a wise person and hold my lips. Because <clears throat> I know that's what the people, I can read their minds, and that's what they're thinking. Pastor Ray, practice what you're preaching and be quiet. <laughs> so I thank you, Father God, for wisdom. I thank you for giving us the courage that we have developed a complete dependency on you. And not be leaning on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we are saying yes to you. We are acknowledging you. We are yielded to you completely. And we want to practice that concerning our vocabulary. The words that we speak the rest of this day and tomorrow and going forward with the rest of our lives are being ordered by you, Father. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Name above all names. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You say, are words really that important? They really are. You know, you think about it. You came into your Christian faith. You came into this walk with God by confessing or acknowledging that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. That's how your whole pilgrimage of being a Christian began. So perhaps there may be someone in here with us this morning and say, well, I've never, I, I haven't begun that pilgrimage. I've, I'm here today, and I, I'm, I'm searching. I've been looking. Uh, I've been kind of open to the idea, but I really don't know what the next step is. The next step is to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died at Calvary's cross, was buried, and that God raised him on the third day. The Bible tells you, if you believe that in your heart and you acknowledge that, you say yes to that with your mouth, you'll be born again. Your sins are forgiven. So if you're with us here this morning, say, Pastor Ray, I would love to be included in a prayer like that. Would you just slip up your hand? The church is in an attitude of prayer right now. And you say, yes, that's speaking to my heart. Would you, I want to be included in that prayer. Is there someone in here this morning you want to be included in that? Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else you want to be included? Thank you. I see that. 
Is there someone else? Perhaps you're online. You can pray this together with us. We're going we're to say a prayer. The entire congregation, we're all going to pray it. You pray this with us. And that, what's going to happen here is Jesus becomes the Lord of your life. You're forgiven of all your sins. So let's go ahead and pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died at Calvary's cross, that he was buried, but on the third day, you raised him up to newness of life. I declare, as I acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord of my life, forgiver of my sin, from this day on, I know that I'm born again. And I thank you for it, Father. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I wanted to take a moment and just remind you again this morning, for those of you that you've been with us, but some of you have been new here over the last several months, but some years ago, back in matter of fact, in 2020, we announced a succession plan is in place for Grace Church and that uh, there's going to be a successor coming in to Pastor Ray. And I want to remind you that Vern and Alicia had been... Uh, chosen by God, and God made that connection for us. Vern happens to be my nephew, and, but uh, anyway, through the God connection, Vern and Alicia are going to be beginning here in, in uh, the first Sunday in April. They'll be starting here, so Vern's coming on as our new lead pastor here at Grace Church. I'm going to be working together with him through this next season, and we're going to be working together and looking forward to that. But I just want to be reminding you of that. Though I think they'll be with us the first Sunday in April as well. I'm not positive on that, but he's definitely ministering on Easter Sunday. It'll be the first Sunday that he's going to be ministering both of the Easter messages, and so we'll be working together going forward throughout the rest of this year. And so I want to continue to ask you to keep them in prayer as they've, ta they've taken a month of March for some sabbatical rest and restoration time uh, from where, what they were doing. But also, this, uh, I had planned to share this with you this morning, just in a sense, reintroduce them to you this morning. And last night, Alicia's father called me. So Calvin, come on up. Let's welcome Calvin Greiner. I have known Calvin Greiner from a distance for a long time. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Keith Yoder. <laughs> Keith Yoder, you're a good friend of Keith Yoder, and I'm a Keith Yoder's been my mentor for years in, in ministering. So, so I've known about you and heard about you and so forth. And uh, you'll always remember Calvin. Calvin's been known in the Lancaster County area for sure, but over the last What's it been this past year, the past six months? You've had a real heart for writing, been praying. And he does prayer walks. He walks through different cities and intercedes for the cities. He has a prophetic anointing on him. And he asked me last night if he could just share a few things concerning Vern and Alicia coming on here at Grace Church. And I told him he'd be welcome to do that. So go ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hello. There we go. Good, good. Thank you so much, Pastor Ray. It was great. Uh, just an affirmation for the message. Uh, as I was praying about today, uh, attending here, I heard uh, a lot of words, but I heard wisdom, understanding, and revelation. So Pastor Ray stood up and go, yeah, today God put in my heart to share with you about wisdom, understanding, and revelation. So I affirm that God used this wonderful pastor to teach us today. Amen? 
So what we heard was from heaven, from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit. Amen. It wasn't some good idea. It was God's heart. So let's agree that God is pouring on us wisdom, understanding, and revelation. Amen. Amen. And he was very clear. Great teacher. Wonderful. So let's get it. Get it. Amen. Get <laughs> so wisdom. Good word. Good word. Okay. So I love Reading. I don't know what it is about Reading or this region. Uh, I think 2006 or seven, uh, I began to feel a pull toward this region. I've walked from Harrisburg to Philadelphia through Reading. I've walked from Lancaster to Philadelphia through Reading. Uh, so Reading uh, is to me, it's a, it, there's something special right now in this region. I know it. I know it. So uh, I felt impressed to uh, release a gift to this church. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So I processed this and I did not have pastor's number. Uh, I had the church's phone, so I have a good friend, Michael Kalker, uh, a wonderful man of God. And I said, I know Michael must have Pastor Ray's number. It's risky to get a pastor's cell phone number. It is. <laughs> People call me for numbers and I said, no. <laughs> So I said, well, Michael, what do you think? You know, Ray knows me a bit. And uh, so he texts me, uh, Pastor Ray's number, and I risk it. It's what, yesterday afternoon. I said, I don't know. Oh, he may not. He may say, what did you call? No, anyway, so we called, and I said, this is on my heart uh, to come today and release a gift uh, to this church. Uh, of course, Alicia's, Alicia's my beautiful daughter, and... Uh, Vern is amazing, incredible man, a son-in-law. So I'm blessed to be part of their life and to serve them. So here we go. Give you a, a couple Bible verses uh, just to encourage you. Then I'm going to pray and we'll, we'll see how what God says. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. God said, I will give you shepherds according to my heart. This man is a gift. God gave you a gift. He has shown you his heart. Come on. God has shown you his heart to this wonderful man. Uh, I don't know very well, but the reports I have heard, he, he has been a steady, solid, faithful pastor. Caring, loving, giving man of God. Period. Amen. He's solid as a rock. And, and his lovely wife said, well, yesterday when I called, he was studying, preparing, listening. What's God saying? And he narrowed it down to, <laughs> amen. That's a tough word. So, okay, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 4. God said, I will set up shepherds that will feed you. And those shepherds will remove fear. No more fear. No more confusion or dismay. And no more poverty or lack. Wow. So that is the heart of God to bring shepherds that will remove the fear. Steady the flock, no more confusion, no more dismayed, and no more lack. It's in the Bible, by the way. John chapter 10, verse 11. Powerful. Jesus said this about himself. Amazing. We talked about this this morning. Jesus said this about himself. And Jesus is the most humble God. There's no one like Jesus. There's no one that has that much humility than Jesus. No one. So he said, I am the good shepherd. 10, 11. The good shepherd, twice in one verse, he says the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. And I believe Vernon and Alicia will do that. 
I believe Ray has done that. I believe this man will come and his wife and will serve. And I believe because I'm his father-in-law. I can tell him. <laughs> I have the right to say, Alicia. <laughs> it's kind of cool, isn't it? So I believe that he will do that. And John 15, 13. There's no greater love. I'm soon done. There's no greater love than this. Whew. Jesus said, there's no greater love than this. This is the highest form of love that a person would lay his life down for his friends. That's very, very powerful. So Alicia, how you doing, girl? No, I don't think they know I'm here. I don't know if they know what's happening unless they watch this on. So, so uh, my prayer would be, anything else? Yeah, 15 words. I'm gonna close with 15 words. John, Matthew 16, verse 18, the middle of the verse. This is what God said to say in closing. Jesus said, I will build, build my, my church and the gates of hell. Hell doesn't like freedom. Hell doesn't like liberty. Hell does not want this church to grow. But you know what? And the gates of hell shall not, will not ever prevail against Grace Church. That's what Jesus said. So Jesus is the Lord of this church. 1 Peter 5, he's called the chief shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20, he's called the great shepherd. And John 10, 11, he's called the good shepherd. Is that enough of verses for you? You okay with that? Right. That should give you stability and strength. So, so Ray and I will agree. God, thank you for this man of God, his wife, thank Nancy, you, the elders, the leaders, the prayer team leaders, all those who have served and will continue to serve for the furtherance of the kingdom. So I bless this man. Thank you for this ability that you've given Ray to surrender and give and, and, and know the seasons of his life and his wife in the ministry. So we receive, well, you receive, Grace Church, receive this gift as an affirmation and a confirmation of what you are doing, what you will do, what you started, you will complete. And I know Vernon and Alicia will be a blessing here. I know they'll be teachable. I know they'll understand and they'll flow with the, the spirit. I know they'll do their best to listen and obey and repent if need be. And they'll do their best to listen closely and serve with their gifting and their calling. So we thank you. Thank you for Pastor Ray. Again, thank you for this good message. Uh, I know that I know in my heart. This is a healthy church. This is a healthy church. And this church will stay healthy because of the grace of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. Praise God.